coming to you from the southwestern corner of Manitoba, sharing fresh perspectives from real educators. Tune in as teachers relate their stories of professional learning, classroom practice, and the challenges they've overcome to teach like a boss. I'm excited to welcome you to our first episode of the 2020-2021 school year for Teach Like a Boss. My name is Devin Caldwell, and I'm one of our Professional Development Committee chairs, and I am delighted to be here with a special guest from Winnipeg who is joining us virtually via via Zoom, Um, Dr. Eva Brown is joining us tonight to talk about some of the huge changes that this pandemic has brought to education, both positive and negative. So welcome, Eva. Thank you, uh, soon-to-be Dr. Caldwell. Uh, so excited about your learning journey. It's, uh, it's so rich to be on that learning journey and how it changes us and how we become on that journey. So I'm excited to be here, always excited to share about education and changes in education, improving education. Well, Eva, I'm delighted that Fort LaBosse teachers and educators everywhere who are tuning into this will have an opportunity to learn from you and your experience tonight. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, your current position, your your big beliefs in education? Sure. And so I always say, how much time do we have? (laughs) So not to bore anybody, but my background and my journey is, um, is diverse. And I set out many years ago, it's over 40 now, to become a business education teacher. And I had ideals. I was naive. And I set out to change the world. Well, you know, as you see what's happening in the world around you and you go to the bigger world, you go from a small town to a big city and you see all these changes, you go, oh my goodness, well, maybe I wasn't so smart in the first place. So you start watching what other people are doing and what is needing. And so I did become a business education taught in your uh, teacher and did t- uh, teach in, um, you know, various schools and I've, uh, I've taught in rural areas, White Mouth for one, and I've taught in a private school. I'll just go back to White Mouth. I was um, the the Lone Ranger, let me just say. I was the business ed department, and it was a lot of fun. It was my first year of teaching, uh, and I did learn a lot. Uh, From there, I went to a private school, and I taught junior and senior high, and I believe everyone should teach at various levels in education, um, if we stick to one one type of teaching and we do that for our entire life, I mean, uh, that that's fine, you know, if that's what you want to choose, but your experiences are going to become so much richer and greater for your learners. So the bottom line is, why are we in this? Why are we teaching? We are teaching to help our students learn and to improve the world. Well, I've also taught, let me just uh, stick, uh, stay on task and, and talk about my journey. And so after the private school, I was also teaching adult education. Uh, I was never, it didn't ever seem to be enough. And I don't understand that now, but to teach all day and then teach all night and <laughs> to prepare and so on. But, you know, call me crazy. Anyway, uh, so I've taught uh, lots of adult ed as well. And so on. Uh, from there, I went um, a little little uh, blurb of mat leave and went up back into the public school uh, adult learning centers. And from there uh, to the public school again as department head of tech at River East. And from there, I um, 
uh, went to where I am now. I'm at Red River College. I'm a teacher educator there. And uh, just recently, three years ago, completed my uh, doctorate in education. And the learning never stops. You know, people might say, why do you want to do that now? Aren't you retiring? Why are you taking a degree? Why are you taking courses? Why are you learning? Uh, Well, I'm living and I want to learn. And if I don't continue to learn and I'm teaching, I'm not providing my students with what they need. I am shortchanging my students. So it's important to model. Modeling is absolutely key as teachers. We can say all we want, and I'm supervising a student teacher right now, and um, I always say, you know, yeah, curriculum's really important. The province will tell you curriculum's really important, but you know what's even more important is those relationships that you build with your learners. Um, 10 years from now, you ask them what you told them today in class, and they say, like, what class was that? They don't remember the content, but they'll remember you for caring and for helping them how to learn. So my beliefs in education are, first and foremost, build that relationship with your learners. Um, Be a model learner. Uh, Show your students you care, and you you mean it. It's not just a a put-on. So um, that's kind of it. I don't think that's a nutshell, but we'll say that's it in a nutshell. Well, Eva, you and I have been acquainted for a number of years, and your your passion for education and your desire to just keep learning and growing has always been such an inspiration to me. And you've just been a role model for me on my own learning journey. So just thank you so much for being here with us. And I'm just excited for you to take your decades of experience in education and bring it to this discussion of how this pandemic has has disrupted education for both the good and the bad. Um, Just to share a little bit of information with our listeners, there's a brand new United Nations report, August 2020, and the United Nations is reporting that as of August, 94% of the world's students have had their education disrupted by this pandemic. It is the single largest educational disturbance in, in our history, and just the effects right now are still very, very much unknown. And we're seeing teachers having to just change their practices on the fly. Policies are changing day by day. And there's a lot of stress and anxiety and worry coming out of this. But I know there's also some silver linings. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is, is like, what positive things do you see coming out of this pandemic in terms of education? Okay, as you're talking, I've got so many things stirring in my head. (laughs) to direct this this uh, conversation. And so, yes, we have been yearning for change in education for a long time, since the industrial age, uh, formed education, and we put bums in seats and we spewed knowledge off of our silver tongues, and that's just the way we learn, if you want to call that learning. That's the way we memorize and regurgitate. Well, the world has changed. We're in a knowledge-based economy. The world has changed and the world is demanding that our learners solve problems, that they think critically, that they think. And my feedback to my student teachers uh, often is, uh, don't do the thinking for your students because we just want them to have all of the, you know, all the exact words that we know and so on. Well, you know, 
the bridge can be fixed in many, many ways if that's the problem. We can fix it all kinds of ways, but if we never let our students try it, we'll never discover all the ways that we could fix the bridge, if, you know, just using that as an analogy. So we like for them, um, you have the answer, and I'll quote to Sir Ken Robinson, who recently passed away in education, just lost a real, you know, a real advocate for, uh, the world lost a real advocate for education. But he'll always say, uh, no cheating uh, in the work, in the world, we call that collaboration, but in school, you know, if we um, share ideas and so on, that's cheating. And um, figure out the answer and don't look at the back of the book because that's cheating and we don't want you to do that. And come up with the answer, but it better be the exact words or numbers or what have you that's in my head. No, they'll come up with so much more. Anyway, so we've been yearning for change because we need to change the way we do things and the experiences that we give our learners. If we expect our learners to come into the world and, you know, I had a grade nine student say to me one time many years ago, and I'd say, well, wait till you get to the real world. And the grade nine student said, you know, Mrs. Brown, I'll just let you know we are in the real world. <laughs> well, yes, I know you're in the world that breathes air and so on but you know you're not in that workforce that's demanding and in that competitive field be it post-secondary be it wherever you're going and so be careful what you ask for and we've asked for change and we got it yay I'm so excited we got this change and I'll just talk about why I'm so excited about this change and so let me just finish my my thought of, uh, that I had just started and that is you know, in our classrooms, and I don't really like to call the, them classrooms, any, I like to call them learning environments. They can be anywhere. It doesn't matter. But we're traditional, and so it's the classroom. Everybody knows what we're talking about. There's another uh, phrase that, you know, just just irks me, and that is, you know, if you go, um, if, you, if you're in a, enrolled in a class, a university, anywhere, it doesn't matter, and, and um, let's say, um, you know, you talk to someone else, and they say, oh, how was the lecture today? How do you know it was a lecture? Might not have been a lecture, but society thinks education is a lecture, and, you know, with all the online platforms now, people are saying, well, don't lecture for more than three hours. Excuse me? Why are we lecturing at all? <laughs> Share, talk, discuss, do, whatever. And so we're not giving our students the opportunity to experience solving problems. And yet when they come into the workforce, into apprenticeship, we expect them to know how to do that. But they've never done it. Even when, you know, they're born and parents say, oh, no, don't wear those shoes today. That's not the right shoes to wear today. Oh, okay, I better do this right. And we do that all through their lives. And so we don't let them explore and, and try. And so changing education, why? Because exactly that, we have to give our students the opportunity to, to uh, develop the skills that the world demands. And so now, Devin, you asked ask me, so... What are the silver linings to this pandemic? So we've got these changes. And, and let me also throw in here, teacher education isn't preparing new teachers for this type of change. Now, our student teachers and um, most of the universities are uh, teaching their classes online. And so now our new teachers know what online is. But 
I'm afraid, and I know for a fact from my students that we're a joint program with the University of Winnipeg and our students take courses elsewhere. And so I'm not, you know, pointing fingers to one institution or the other necessarily. But I just want to say that sometimes our, this, our new teachers are not having online teaching modeled in an effective way. And so coming back to the lecture, they see, oh, well, it's lecture, so I have to prepare a lecture for hour two or three, and that's teaching. And so our teachers since March have been scrambling with, how do I do this? Well, they've never experienced this. And for the most part, they haven't even learned that way, let alone taught that way. So they don't know. And so it's, it's a whole new era. But we need to take this now and say, okay, and, um, you know, kudos to our MADEL team in Manitoba, our Manitoba Association of Tech Leaders. They have done a tremendous amount of work and shared and their teams in their school divisions and so on, and people such as yourself, Devin, and others, and have um, supported teachers with PD. How do we teach online? What do we do? And so what, what uh, they've done is they've help teachers realize, oh, this is how it works. This is what I can do. But the fear is that we're going to go back, if I could put quotes around that, go back to the way we were, to, to the, the normal. We're, we're all talking about new normal. Well, let's keep it the new normal and make it, you know, uh, implement the changes that we have learned that are better. We're hearing in the news oh, people are working from home and that's better than the way it was before. And I'm not just referring to education, but people are saying, you know, this is better. I'm more um, productive. I'm more effective and so on. And it's not the case for everybody, but it is for many. And so they're saying, well, I'm going to keep on doing that now. Well, now let's look at education. Let's embrace the changes that improve education. And our students are learning how to learn online and our students are learning how to collaborate and how to become global citizens. And we need to do more of that in our learning environments, global education. And so the silver lining, I want to say, should become our new changes, our new normal. And teacher education needs to embrace that. The teachers in the classrooms need to embrace what they've learned now, how to design learning for their learners in this pandemic and to make it a rich learning. Uh, let me tell you one thing, I know I'm going on very long here, but let me, let me tell you one thing, and that is um, I'm seeing a lot of schools are um, splitting their classes into, in, in half. Um, and so half of the students come on odd days and half come on even days. And so I'm saying, okay, what are the students doing when they're not here? They call it remote learning. Oh, well, then they're working in a question booklet. I said, what? A booklet? Like paper? Pencil? Yeah, they're answering questions based on the lesson that they did when they were face-to-face. -face. I said, oh, well, how about the technology? Well, we don't use the technology. They have technology at home for the most part, and that's another piece we can talk about is the digital divide in Manitoba and how not everyone has access and so I'm saying, well, let's look for ways to design the learning that we can connect with the students on their remote day via technology. Students can uh, respond. They can form 
discussion groups virtually. They can do all. There are so many programs: Padlet, Google Drive, Microsoft. Like we've got so many. Sway. They could create something. They're at home. They've got their phones in their hands. They could take pictures of their learning. They could narrate. They could do digital stories. They could do a ton of stuff. But we're not embracing that because it's a lot of time needed to design that kind of learning and we don't have that kind of time we're scrambling so again some more time needs to be given teachers to design that type of learning the world demands it now lest you say oh but eva i can teach better without technology and i say that's nice people can plow their fields with horses and they can do that too and maybe they know that better than the million dollar combines that have all the you know the gps and all those things in them Mm -hmm. but the world demands that we're competitive the world says if you want to you know go ride your horses it's great but you're not going to you know get that crop in on time we need that food for the world we need it done in a timely way so if we're teaching without technology we're teaching for yesterday we're teaching for our past not for our students' futures. And so I had a professor who said, never mind, Eva, we're not even teaching for the future. We're not even teaching for today. We're teaching for yesterday. And that was my Sheltie barking, which I'm sure is picked up on the podcast. So sorry for that little commercial break. Um, Eva, what I'm hearing you say is that, yes, this pandemic is inspiring a lot of change and teachers are being forced to meet it with technology. And some of the positives that are coming out of this is some great professional development from organizations such as MADEL. Um, Students are having to learn to collaborate. They're having to learn how to learn online. Um, There's a lot more opportunities with this online learning for global citizenship to be developed Um, Some of the challenges that I'm hearing you share are teachers not having enough time to plan for rich, authentic learning remotely, especially on alternate days. Um, I heard you just share some great suggestions for more asynchronous tasks that could happen during that time. Um, And just because this is so on my mind, because I'm preparing a grant right now, um, one of the the key challenge areas for Canada in the next 10 to 15 years is the development of a a workforce for the digital economy. So this time does seem like an amazing opportunity to strengthen our ability to develop a workforce for that digital economy in the future. Absolutely. And so that's where we need to use in our learning environments. We need to use um, disruptive technologies. We need to bring those into our learning environments. We need to uh, be aware of the digital divide so that all students have access to this learning. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Tech Manitoba and the work that they're doing. And they're working to uh, grow that uh, access and so reduce the divide so that all students everywhere can access technology for learning. Now... Mention a digital divide. Um, what information could you share with me about that um, as to what's happening in Manitoba? Well, there are some rural areas where um, there is no connectivity. The infrastructure isn't there 
Uh, I don't have statistics. I know Tech Manitoba has those, and I can totally get those for you uh, from Joel Templeman, and you can uh, also connect with him. And but- I, I will just insert right there that uh, Manace, which is you know Manitoba Association for Computing Educators that I'm a board member of, we are partnering with Tech Manitoba to offer an informational session coming up. So I will share that with Fort LaBosse teachers. So if people want the specific statistics on what's happening with technology in Manitoba, a session is coming up. So keep going. That is excellent uh, because we can teach our new teachers how to use these technologies and they uh, are looking for jobs in all places, remote, uh, rural, urban, wherever, but they go and they aren't able to use the technologies that they've learned to use because the connectivity is either non-existent or poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, and it's, it's uh, diverse in Manitoba. And so it could be great in one area and not so much in others. And I know Joel has, and Tech Manitoba has done uh, some PD with teachers, uh, Northern Manitoba teachers. And he says, there's no point in bringing those teachers to Winnipeg for the PD when they go to their schools, they can't apply what they've learned. So let's meet the needs where they are and uh, make sure that everyone has basic connectivity. We have, uh, I'll just give you an example, and I I won't name school names, but one large high school in Winnipeg has um, a laptop cart on, it's a two-story school, has a laptop cart, one on each floor. The enrollment of that school is somewhere 1,300 to 1,500 students. You have one laptop cart with 30 to 40 laptops, Chromebooks. Well, how is that going to meet the needs of that many teachers and students? And so uh, if you want to use a laptop cart, you have to book it on day zero of the semester for the entire semester for whatever days you need it and you don't know where you're going to be in your unit in your lessons it's very scattered lesson designing and so okay today is my turn to have the laptop cart we're going to use the laptops but we don't really need them today we need them next week but we can't get them next week because there's only one so joel's point is instead of purchasing the emerging technologies such as drones and you know robots and those that's great we need those but we're totally not there right across the board. We need connectivity, first of all. And so that is an issue in Manitoba. And you so make we a, to- a really good point with that, Eva, because so often we want what's, what's new and most exciting, um, thinking that's what we need to truly infuse technology in new and innovative ways. But if we don't even have basic connectivity, what do we really have? So I think that is something that... Um, our move to remote learning and the pandemic is really bringing to the forefront is this digital divide. It is absolutely true. Now, if we as passionate educators think about what, how can we ask our students and design learning for our students to create, to learn and to demonstrate their learning by creating. So I mentioned Sway, I mentioned digital stories. Uh, There are many, many. So, you know, we can uh, provide resources for a long time. Uh, 
as to what we can use even offline. So students can take pictures, they can edit photos in apps, they can share, create a digital story, narrate, demonstrate their learning. Uh, so we can do that in many ways, but if we've never experienced it, we're not going to do that. So we don't need the emerging technologies if we don't even have the basic technologies and so our connectivity. And so I am a total advocate of a drone, I have one sitting right here and <laughs> robots and so on. Absolutely wonderful. But I don't advocate that we spend a lot of money on those kinds of things before we have the basics and our uh, as teachers as I've said and I'll just repeat I know I'm repeating myself but creating for students is far more important than emerging technologies and um, pressing buttons and so on that that doesn't develop the lifelong learner we want our students to be able to learn when they have access to these emerging technologies they will know what to do because we have given them the journey and the path to that point. And so uh, if we remember nothing else, have your students create rather than simply consume. You can't just, you know, give them the presentation and the knowledge and so on. What are they doing with that? That's the question we need to ask. That's just such an excellent point about leveraging technology for students to, you know, actively cons- actively create rather than passively consume and giving students opportunities to do that through remote learning, especially at the high school level if they're only attending every other day. So, no, those are some really thought-provoking points you've shared tonight. Is there anything else you'd like to to add, Eva, about challenges or silver linings to this huge disruption to education? Well, for uh, for myself, so personally, uh, I have attended many webinars online that I would have never attended before. Um, For example, the Manes AGM uh, was held uh, May 29th, and the keynote speaker was Rushton Hurley. And I would not have been able to go to that AGM had it been face-to-face. And I wouldn't have been able to hear Rushton and so on. Anybody who doesn't know Rushton should look him up on social media. Rushton was taken is his handle. So check him out. And there are many others. But uh, those kinds of things, the learning online and the collaboration. Yesterday, I attended uh, an ISTE webinar that I wouldn't have had time to do and so on. It, you know, these things are online. They don't cost anything. And so the professional learning that's been made available to teachers because of this pandemic, I completely agree. The opportunities we've been exposed to and so many freebies as well. Like there's been so many wonderful education companies who have made their resources free for a period of time because of COVID-19. That's been another wonderful, wonderful benefit. Totally. Kahoot, for example, has offered premium levels to educators in this pandemic, which they wouldn't do. And we could go on and on. But the, the learning, and so as I started out, modeling is key. If we don't model, uh, our, 
And let's take teacher education. And when I was doing my research for my dissertation, interviewing teacher educators and so on, uh, I asked a question. So um, I said to one professor, so you supervise student teachers in practicum? Yes. And I said, so uh, what technologies are they using when they go to practicum? And the professor said, only the ones that I have used in class. And so we teach the way we were taught. And if we don't, as teacher educators, as teachers, if we don't teach what the world is demanding for our students to know, we are a hindrance. And I guess we should get out of the way. <laughs> so, you know, some learn because of and some learn in spite of, and I sure hope it's because of. So, yeah, modeling is key. Modeling but, is key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so PD is absolutely great. Uh, as I said before, also another benefit is that our new teachers are forced to learn online and to collaborate. So, you know, teacher education has been forced to put that into their, their uh, curriculum, their environments. And so our new teachers will have that skill when they hit the classroom. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Eva, you've shared so much with us in such a short amount of time. I know I'm going to be listening to this a few times just to get, get everything out of this podcast. I always like to ask our guests to end with a takeaway for our listeners. So like if you have you know, one piece of advice for educators navigating these difficult times, um, one, a couple of resources that you think are amazing, I really welcome you just to just to conclude our podcast with a takeaway that people can, can use in their practices. Okay, so two things. If, if I don't, uh, my mind doesn't blank. So one is global education. We need to give our students the experience for global education. Simple thing like Google Slides, we can have our students share um, with people from around the world. And to edit slides and to share, it can be a culture thing, it can be researching a technology, it can be doing a history project, and so on. But share and have our students uh, experience the global education. The uh, other thing I want to say is that uh, networking. Networking is super important. And your network is only as strong as your weakest link. So if you have people in your network that are never contributing, never feeding you anything, um, you should look for stronger um, connections. Networking. Well, it's, like that, it's like that idea that we're kind of the sum of the people we spend the most time with, or like we're most greatly influenced by the people we spend the most time with. So right. I really like that analogy of our network's only as strong as the weakest link. Yes, uh, and it doesn't matter where you network, but follow people. Uh, connect, be active, uh, share, retweet, read. Uh, social media is an absolutely wonderful resource. So Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to go and uh, read stuff and just see what, how people are doing. So I just learned to use an app the other day because I follow Lisa Dabbs from California and I, I love the California teachers. They're so active and sharing and explaining. Another one is Magrella Canella. So if you can just spell that out, Magrella Canella, follow her. She says we can all create, everybody can create. 
And so uh, Lisa Dowd, she's a trustee member right now, but she used to be a teacher educator. And she posted something using an app. And I had a look at it. And I said, how'd she do that? And I, guess what? Go to my Instagram and you'll see I posted something about one of my student teachers using, and here's a resource for you, Photoshop camera app. Play with it and have your students create. So I could go on and on. Uh, but what we have to do is we have to model, we have to keep learning, and we have to we have to invest because these are our students and they are our world. And so keep on. It's um, it's important. Well, that is a beautiful segue into finding out how we can network with you on social media. So if people listening to this podcast would like to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you? I am E Brown O Rama everywhere. It's E B R O W N O R A M A okay. everywhere. In fact, I've gone to conferences and I have introduced myself to people that I follow on social media and I said, Hi, I'm Eva Brown. And they look at me so puzzled. I said, E Brown Arama. Oh, yes. Okay. In fact, my chair at the college introduces me as E Brown Arama. So, that's who I am, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, I tweet out my students' work and connect with them. And they are following many of you. I like to introduce my student teachers to Manitoba teachers and beyond. So if you see somebody following you, chances are we've talked about you in class. Mm-hmm. So check it out, E. Brownorama. Eva, I can't thank you enough for sharing with us tonight on the Teach Like a Boss podcast. Um, Your ideas are provocative. Your enthusiasm is infectious. And I think during these challenging times, you've given us just the boost we need to continue to go out there and teach like a boss, show up every day and invest for our students. So thank you so much for being our guest tonight. Thank you. Change education. Thank you for tuning in. Any of the resources or information mentioned in this podcast can be found in this episode's show notes, available at www.flbsd.mv.ca forward slash podcast. Join us next time as real teachers continue to share their journeys and inspire you to teach like a boss.